Tom Cruise begs an old broad. Next on Pods of Thunder. All right, and we're back. This is part two of Cocktail. I am uh, Eric, the man of size. Jeremy, the man of means. Cha-ching. Always in the house. The two of us still haven't done any kind of uh, special guest or anything like that. So well, st- stretch. Yeah, stretch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A guest. He was a guest. Yeah. I don't know about a special guest. He was... Uh, he was here. That is a true statement. Uh, but yeah, so uh, we're we're gonna do the rest of uh, cocktail here. Uh, Jeremy and I have just finished watching it. Um, Pardue. Pardue. Uh It's you know when when we first talked about it, like it being like the worst half of the movie. I kind of enjoyed it. Yeah. Just, oh yeah. 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 There's definitely some good some good stuff. Yeah. The one one thing I found funny is that. Like, even in that first scene in Jamaica. So the whole thing is, apparently three years passed, they say. And yeah. And, like, there's nothing to indicate that except for the, it's a line of dialogue. Yeah. But I like how, so it's like the scene where he, Flanagan finds out Coglin fucked Gina Gershon. He leaves chasing after the cab. Then Kokomo plays, you're in Jamaica. And the very first scene ha- also has Coglin. Yeah, You know, yeah, and it's yeah. like, so three years just pass. And the first time we see Flanagan, Coglin's there as well. Um. But uh, before we dive too deep into the second half of cocktail, sure, I want to talk about my hemorrhoids that I've had throughout my adult life here, <laughs> my preteen life, <laughs> my preschool life. Um, I so have you? No, maybe I won't ask you that question because I'm going to only embarrass myself right now. I don't think I've ever had a hemorrhoid. At really? Least if I have, I haven't. I've had. Uh, I'm not going to go too far into it, but. <laughs> I, I've never had anything where I was like, oh, that's a pain in my ass. And so <laughs> right. I assume You've that. only said it uh, metaphorically. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, no, I've had... It, it. They're weird. Like, it's super fucking itchy, right? <laughs> I think like, that's, more, start... that's the more irritating part. Than, it's not really painful. It's just crazy itchy. The, the doctor is like, this isn't a hemorrhoid. You just don't wipe your ass very well, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> wipe? <laughs> Sure, I do. You hold up your hand. It's just got like clearly from multiple shits. You've yeah, got just different crusted. stains, like yeah. various stages of of liquid deep and... into my fingernails. <laughs> no, I I I've told many people this story, and I'm going to tell it here over the uh, airwaves. Many people. Oh, I have. have I'm strangers not even... on the street. <laughs> strangers on the street. No, I've told a lot of people this story sure. only because I think it's hilarious. Oh, I think I actually know the story. Okay. <laughs> okay. So back in my military days, I was actually um, went in to uh, the Bethesda Hospital in Bethesda, Maryland, uh, famously known as the Hospital of the President. Ah, is uh, that where, uh, is that Walter Reed? No. No. Bethesda. It, it's called the Bethesda Hospital. Okay, okay. Um, I had to go there for an appointment for hemorrhoids. <laughs> uh, and I had gone in before, you know, gone in there kind of lickety split and like get in, get out. Sure. They, they, what they normally do is they put rubber bands on them. And if they're inside your asshole, they have to go in your asshole to put on like these rubber bands that are like no bigger than like this. So like right. smaller than an M&M if, since you guys can't see what I'm doing right huh. now. And it's, it's to 
and they say it takes a couple of days for it to like cut off circulation and then eventually they just fall off. Sure. A bit, it know. sounds like a step above like leeches bloodletting. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> right. get the rubber get the hemorrhoid band. And they come in like a package. They showed me like spiders gotta fly. <laughs> right. Get the hemorrhoid band. <laughs> so so I go and I think I'm getting the routine, you know, rubber band deal yeah. on. And uh doctor <laughs> It's like come- a first name basis. Yeah. You got the bands back there? <laughs> yeah. Sure do, Eric. Yeah. yeah. Uh so, so I think I'm getting the the regular treatment. Doctor comes in and says, uh, "Hey, you know, we have some, we have some students in. Do you mind if they they come in?" And I'm like, "I don't care, whatever." You know, I that's just, a that's even kind of a ballsy ask. Like, it's not like a broken arm. You know what I mean? And like, it was a very passing ask too. Right. It was kind of like, oh, and you know, he's kind of giving me the rundown, and he's like, "And uh, we got some students here. Do you mind if they come in?" Like, just like, just really kind of slipped it in there. Yeah. So, more likely of me saying yeah. yes than uh, these, these are cutting edge hemorrhoids. We've got to get. We got to get. There's some specialists who would really right. appreciate. If they've ever seen one of these in the wild. <laughs> so I, whatever. I, I have no dignity at this stage of my life. I was married. You know the the idea of me being attractive to anyone else at this point in my life was uh, was not was not on top of my priority list. So I think maybe couple since he did say students i'm thinking two at the most right no a group comes in it's like five or six people coming in and not to mention you know they're they're the younger of the younger variety right it's zach braff talking to the camera (laughs) (laughs) and let's say a couple of them were attractive women so immediately i'm like this was a bad this was a bad decision i was wrong this is not the story i was thinking of this is this is a i told you a different hemorrhoid story yeah i won't get into it oh i know what you're talking about it would involve a ceremony oh yeah we'll get we'll briefly get into that as well so (laughs) so a group of students come in and the doctor is explaining how he's going to insert his finger up my ass and put on the rubber bands and I'm, I'm sitting there pants down at this point as he's kind of going through this as if it's like a, you know, a math equation on the chalkboard. He brings out his iPad, puts on Rubber Band Man by T.I. <laughs> wow, there's the Taliban. <laughs> so I have a doctor's finger up my ass as six, five or six <laughs> medical students are observing. And I'm like, I'm, I'm never leaving this place with my dignity ever again I, were you at least facing away <laughs> oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. would have been would have been worse if i was facing away however there was a mirror <laughs> yeah. and i just see everyone's face just like oh just appalled yeah. you just turn around this is your future <laughs> <laughs> so there was that incident and the one that you're thinking of which i forgot at the moment until i saw that twinkle in your eye i'm like oh that's right that this story um so early on in my military career, I actually worked downtown St. Paul at the Saint, at the armory near the Capitol. And now and again, they would use us as like props, basically behind the governor. You sure. Know, and there was like a, a military type uh, um, conversation going on, so they could have soldiers behind them, right. essentially. So it was one of those days. It was towards the end of a day on like a Thursday or something like that. I remember it not being exactly a Friday, but like being towards the end of the week. And someone, uh, when somebody else from the other building came down. I was like, "Hey, the governor's going to uh, do a message about uh, military tax write-off, something or other, and they want like." Is this Teapaw or? This is Tim Pulani. Yeah, good call. And uh, so, 
So about six or seven of us gather, and we're going to walk up. So the armory is at the bottom of the hill. The Capitol building is at the top of the hill. And you could just walk up the grass to get to, like, the stairs for the entrance for the Capitol. Sure. So as we're walking up the grass hill to get to the stairs, <laughs> I have a hemorrhoid that pops. And I can feel it draining into my underpants as we're walking up. Full military dress. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in I'm in green fatigues. I'm not in like dress uniform right. or anything like that. Not like navy whites. Or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would have been bad. That uh, would have been bad. That lift you up where you belong from officer and a gentleman <laughs> yeah. playing. Love lift up where you. As the 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 stain is just like matriculating down your yeah. leg. <laughs> the, ca- the camera zooms fly. in yeah. as if to go into my pants and like just see like the. the <laughs> The liquid just draining into my <laughs> it's like shorts. A, it's a cartoon for like like when they do in some like medical commercials where it's like herpes and it like <laughs> right. they they like humanize them yeah. into like colored like, blobs like those uh, Mucinex commercials. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Ah, yeah. Ah, it's just spewing <laughs> yeah. out like gunk. <laughs> yeah. So as we're walking up the grass, like I just feel my shorts just <laughs> filling up with the liquid of my busted hemorrhoid. <laughs> And we have to stand behind Tim Pawlenty as he speaks in front of a crowd of people and, you know, five or six cameras. Sure. Journalists, <laughs> what have you. There's one camera behind you for some reason. <laughs> yeah, right. Just directed right at my ass. <laughs> yeah. Why is it getting wetter? <laughs> yeah. So it's so funny because I had to stand directly just, just off to the left of Pawlenty. Sure. So the camera shot from almost every news station that night was Plenty and me. Yeah. <laughs> and I have, and, and you know, you're supposed to have your military bearing and look like, you know, a robot, especially, right. especially essentially. And, <laughs> and I had my most robotic military face sure. in that moment because I'm standing there with hemorrhoid blood pus <laughs> in my fucking... In my shorts, <laughs> while I'm standing behind Tim Pawlenty as he's giving this uh, announcement to the to the public, <laughs> and it was uh, it was horrible. It was it was god awful. They use this story, you know how like in like recruitment videos and stuff, they'll use like first person accounts of like you know when people say that they're stressed, like civilian, try not to laugh. It's it's like you telling the story like. So then, yeah, you could say I'm poised. <laughs> and then be all you can be. <laughs> Army of one. <laughs> Army of Royd. <laughs> Not the stereotype. <laughs> yeah. The hammer. Uh the hammer. Uh what do you got? Um, now that just, I've completely embarrassed myself. Yeah, well, I just have a couple uh, quick thoughts on tra- kind of traffic related. And then uh, something that actually, I'll start with this, something that just happened. It's always kind of weird. So I was loading, I brought my computer over to your place. I'm loading it up and I still had like, you know, a few tabs open from whenever I used it last. Porn. Porn. No. Yeah. And uh, I was, so I'm like deleting, I was deleting everything to bring up Audacity and... Uh, my, but I could tell my computer's like thinking basically. Yeah. And so I get like, I, I was doing the thing where you click the X 
And it's so weird. It just seems like I'm just asking you to stop. And it does the yeah. not responding. And it's like, oh, yeah. Like, I understand, I guess, the computer is not even like, it's, it's doing shit. It's putting out fires. It's like triage. Like, we got to focus on this. We can't pay attention to your, your X. But it's such a weird thing to be like, come on, I hit X. It's like, if I unplug an, unplug, unplug an appliance, it stops working immediately. Right, right. And right. it's like, no, I can't even do that right now. I cannot turn this Are we going to get a thousand texts from Eric Cox about this now? About how you're... About the, what's what's really happening? Yeah, yeah Cox, yeah. give us give us some insight. Uh-huh. Uh, dumb it down a shade for us laymen. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so anyway, that's just something. Do you I'm, know HTML? What's up? Do you know HTML? Or no, wait, what, four is or it? five. <laughs> <laughs> wait, is it HTML or what? What is that? That's hypertext markup language. Ooh. Cox. Uh, that, you. Yeah. It's like, I think it's a developing code. I'm starting to lose confidence. Cox, <laughs> Cox we need you again, buddy. <laughs> no, I, uh, there, so, cause I took, I took like two classes on web design and learned nothing from them. And, uh, cause we had to develop a web page. Sure. And we, this is back in 2006, I want to say. Sure. So it, yeah, obviously still not. Still the infancy. Yeah. Right. And, and like. We had to put MIDI files on it for sound, sure. which is basically like Nintendo bleeps, <laughs> right? You know, right? So I had some. I think it was some version of like a, of like "Don't Stop Believing," like as like the Nintendo like, bleep no. version of oh, that. Oh well, yeah, oh yeah. It's like ringtones used to be, right? Pretty much, yeah. 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 Like I think it was called a MIDI file, if I yeah. remember right. That's that's definitely an audio. And <laughs> it was a. Uh, we had to make a website. If we were to make a website for like the radio station that we were going to work for, sure. And uh, so I made one where the only link was to a picture of this crazy old man, and down below the caption was about this old man in this small town. Because the chances were of you getting on a radio station was like the smallest markets right know, in the country. Yep. <laughs> and so it was expected to you to have like a kind of a really basic version. Yeah. So it was about the, this old man who was like basically like the town, like loser, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and the, like a write up of the yep. caption of the guy underneath. <laughs> Hard luck. Marty strikes again. <laughs> <laughs> but we did like, I think it was HTML code, right? To, if yeah, you're going to create a website. Is, I believe that's a form of code. There's like C plus plus. I think. Is oh, one, right. And like, Ajax. Maybe? So they showed us like the really kind of how to code it, like for to get the right screen size and sure. like coloring and all this. And then they're like, "Oh, and here's Dreamweaver, so you don't have to do any of that shit." Yeah, yeah. Which is so I was like, "Well, why did we learn?" And it did kind of make sense. Yeah. To learn the basics first, before, right? So you could fix things if it got all kind of yeah, funky. They don't tell you that up front, right? Like, by the way, you don't actually need any of this. <laughs> right. Um, and then so uh, traffic two things. <clears throat> one, I went to uh, a cooking class this week Ooh. for brisket in Uptown's Kitchen Window. They offer classes, too. Get out of here. I swear to God. But, so I was driving there, and, uh, you know, it, it starts at, like, it was on Wednesday afternoon, or Wednesday evening. Yeah. Uh, starts at 6 o'clock, and so I got to Uptown probably around, like, 5.30 or something like that. Yeah. And I was just like, all right, I'm going to find a place to park. And so... Uh, you know, can be a nightmare. What's up? It, well, it's so that's kind of what I want to bring up. So there's kind of like the streets that run parallel to like Hennepin, Lindale. Those tend to be, I mean, it's all residential other than like Hennepin, obviously. But yeah. like those tend to be permit only, and then the ones that run perpendicular to Hennepin tend to be like if there's space, Free, grab it. Yeah. And so 
I I found one pretty quickly, but there was like I saw there was like a utility pole and there were numbers on one side and then on the other side like there so there's a sticker basically on this utility pole and it was kind of like there was a line bisecting the sticker and then the far side of the sticker it had a bunch of numbers and then on the close side of the sticker it just said no that was it like no and I was like does this mean I can't park here or and are the numbers applying to like because you know sometimes like pay pay spots have like those triangle numbers and yeah so I was like this and I'm like no I don't see a pay station so I was like all right I think I'm good but I, it was kind of like I was pretty sure I was okay, but the whole time I'm in the class, I'm just like, "Fuck!" Like, am I going to be towed? Like, yeah. is that what's going to happen? And it, so it reminded me in uh, in the Woody Allen movie Annie Hall. Woody, I think it's the main character that Woody Allen plays is like every role he's ever played is basically a stand-in for him. And okay. so the character, and probably by proxy, uh, Woody Allen is talking about an old Marx Brothers joke that says, uh, "I wouldn't want to be a, I wouldn't want to be." part of any club that would have me as a member which is a great line yeah it's a great line but and so it was kind of like I, there's kind of a parking version of this for me where if <laughs> if i find a spot it just result i'm like why is this spot available you know like the, is there is there something wrong with it like that's always what i'm ashton, thinking. ashton where's ashton yeah exactly exactly and, and it's funny too because uptown specifically there are compared to when we live there there's there are like near Calhoun Square and stuff, there's a bunch of parking ramps and like by the theater. Yeah. And I, earlier last summer, Nate Mo and I went to see a movie and uh, it was a Sunday and I was like, I, I basically just found myself like, oh, here's the movie theater. Here's the parking ramp. I was like, whatever. It's, it's right by the theater. Yeah. It's uptown. It's not going to be like a $20, you know, parking. Right. So saw the movie came. It was like fifteen bucks on a what? Sunday, and it's like I could have driven two blocks the Get other the way. Get the fuck out of here! Yeah. So I was there for like less. So it's that newer ramp, right? That's right next to the. It's like remember where um, Lagoon, not not the super old timey theater, but yeah, the yeah, yeah. I know it's what like, you're talking about. It's right across. Yeah, I've been the there. From there. Yeah, it was like fifteen bucks on a fucking Sunday. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, Sunday afternoon. Which a lot of street parking in, on Sundays is free, right? Yeah, exactly. I definitely could have found a spot. Jesus fuck. So I don't. Uptown has no place having a parking ramp because they don't need it. And so it, every like it's just situations like mine where it's like, oh, I'm sure this isn't that right, much, you know. And then oh, fifteen bucks. Was it awesome. was the where the prices posted? They probably were, but like I, on the I, way I, out. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I probably was just like, this is probably going to be five right. bucks max, you know. Right. But uh, fifteen. Bucks. And, and then the other thing I was thinking about. So actually, as I was, I read for I got a four ninety four. Uh, I was taking a left to like turn, you know, what I don't know. Oh, I think it's American turning left on American Boulevard. Yep. And uh, it's green light, but there's like the flashing. Wait, which one? Which which light are you at? So I'm at I'm on East Bush or whatever. Yeah. uh, Got off 494 and I'm turning left for the road that like winds, I think, on American. Right. Yeah. That that winds winds into my. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm turning left onto American and it's, you know, if you're going straight, you got the green light. Turn lane has the yellow flashing light. Yep. What? Like. Why is it ever a red light when there's green? Like it, it's always going to involve you making the driver making a decision. Like, yes, I can make it. So I like you could make the case that it's like, hey, sometimes like if you're like you know drivers are like going down a hill or for some reason sometimes there gonna be like weird visual effects where it can be hard to tell that oh this person's actually pretty close. Right. And I would understand in that situation, yeah. but it it seems to me the default is if there's an arrow, it's red. And yeah. it seems like the default should be 
it should that should only be used in situations where it's like necessary and right. then defaults to that. Like, why would you ever have? Why can't people just make be like, hey, I got to make a judgment call here? Like, right. you do it all the time in driving. Oh yeah, and what's even more like just absurd is so coming out of there. Mm-hmm. If you're so if you're leaving my place, going on the same road, going back to that same traffic light, but yep. just oh the facing red. the red arrow, turning right. I've never stopped at that this whole time I've lived here. It's re- it's, it's unnecessary. It's all I only stop if I visually see traffic coming. Right, and it's not a super busy road, you know. No, yeah, I've seen it, and I've lived here since September. I've seen that road busy where I had to physically stop for an, an extended period of time, and I say extended like. 10 seconds. 10 seconds, yeah. 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 Uh, I think once. Yeah, yeah. Since I've lived here. There's no rhyme or... I'm guessing... Because you ever notice, like, sometimes you'll be driving through, like, what is clearly, like, the wealthier part of town. Yeah. And suddenly the street roads are 25 miles an hour. Right, It's all the fucking cake eaters. (laughs) Shout out to Smollett. Free Smollett. Free Smollett. Cake eaters. Free Snowden. Free Snowden. Free Free Smollett. Chelsea Manning. Yep. Free uh, Sheikh Mohammed. <laughs> Close Guantanamo. Yep. Gitmo, they call it. Gitmos. Are we gonna get to cocktail? Let's get to cocktail part two. <laughs> the what the slight I would say on a whole it is slightly worse, but the as you were saying up front, the uh the level of quality is not drastically different. No, and like I think it's because I haven't seen it in so long and how much we were bashing it before. Yeah. Like my bar was set very low. Right. And then I was watching, I'm like, this is pretty entertaining. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. well, so like we said, the very first scene back is Cruz is behind the bar in Jamaica. He just meets Elizabeth Shue right away. Um, what are, there's some good lines in this. Yeah, so with. when when, uh, when she comes up to the bar to, to get some help because her friend oh, is like right, drunk up. on the beach. Yeah. It's like, well, your friend's drunk on the beach. Cruz yeah. springs into action, like jump. He's, he's a bartender. He leaps to, over the bar. Yeah. Then he runs up to the passed out friend and do, like does the pulse check. He just yeah. kneels next to her, puts his finger on her neck and goes, oh, she's going to be fine. Uh, on what credentials? You're a fucking bartender <laughs> in Jamaica. Like, oh, don't worry. She'll be fine. Like. <laughs> Her, you know, she's she has a heart arrhythmia, slight, nothing moderate. Like, you don't know what the fuck. One you're of the great about. lines from this from this scene though is, uh, uh yeah, champagne, perfume going down, sewage coming out. <laughs> yeah, the, he Flanagan really is, as as Elizabeth Shue later says, the bartender with a line for everything. Line for everything, the barman poet, if you will. Exactly. Uh, <clears throat> you pointed out. So Kokomo is playing as as we kind of transition to Jamaica, as um. After Cruz is kind of like, oh, she'll be fine, and they're helping her into the hospital, into the ambulance. Uh, Don't worry, be happy. Starts kicks in, which is kind of a weird choice for like this, the, the hammered friend who's like <laughs> needs medical assistance. It does set the tone for like, ah, she'll be fine. Yeah, don't worry about it. This yeah. isn't really a plot point. This yeah. is just to make sure these two get together. Right. But you pointed out how uh, it's funny too because don't worry, be happy. Bobby McFerrin, you know, Jamaican. Uh, or at least reggae yeah. uh, song. Quasi-reggae. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pop reggae, yeah. I guess. So it's American no, reggae. It's no Buju Banta. <laughs> uh, but he, so the... the Deep guy. Right as they, right as they, uh, um, right as they start playing that song, the Jamaican ambulance driver comes up and says, Hey, Brian, how often does this happen? He, the, <laughs> the, the ambulance driver knows Flanagan on a first name first basis. Name is, like, Brian, I gotta get going, man. Yeah, is this yeah. like... <laughs> he's like you can't do this i gotta i'm on a time crunch here you know yeah. you keep 
every time I come here to pick up somebody that you over served, we run into this situation where you're yucking it up with some floozy. You've been in and out of court for giving medical advice that you're not qualified for. Like, Brian, please stop. Like, is, is Flanagan roofing people? Like, these people are constantly passing out, and Flanagan's going, hey, we got another one. <laughs> Roofy. Aspirin going down. Rape going out. <laughs> Roofies in dream. Um, the real dream is the roofing. That's right. Uh, th- so I mentioned Elizabeth Shue says the, oh, the bartender with the line for everything. Because he said, I don't even remember the setup to it, but Flanagan says something about the ultimate pastime for getting soused. Oh, because with- she's saying it's happy hour. And he's like, oh, oh right. yeah. Yeah, he's like, uh, happy hour. Uh, what, what was the line? He says like, the per the that magical time to get soused with spouse. Yeah, spouse soused. It's like that's a shit. That's like a clear stretch. Yeah, like it seems like he was just making something up, and he was like, ah, it's like spouse and, and, and souse is kind of close. But, and, and when I think of happy hour, I think of like you're going out with like coworkers because yeah. it's like we have to go now because if we don't go now, we're gonna miss happy hour. Right. So you don't have time to go home and get your fucking drunk bitch of a wife. <laughs> Like you and to, you're go you're like it's after work, so you're meeting coworkers, and then right. you have to go home. So yeah. it's not like this time where it's like, hey, let's have, let's, let's get thirty. Tie one on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he also says he also tells tells Elizabeth Shue that when it comes to bartenders, he's the highest evolution of the species, Boozus New Yorkus, <laughs> which is again another like. It seems like he had a vague idea of what he wanted to say, and just like. Halfway through, he was like, "Ah, oh, shit! I shouldn't have started this. Like, right. I'll just put us at the end of two words." Like, because she was from New York too, and you would think, like, if she was from like Denver, she would have gone, "But what?" Yeah. <laughs> oh, New York. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, as mentioned, Coglin is in this first scene, so he comes up and says, "You want? You ever seen a grown man cry or something yeah, like that?" Yeah, puts his arm around Elizabeth Shue, and Cruz's back is turned to them. He says, "Hey, bartender, you know how to make a red eye." Which is a great line yes. to set up like him to be like, oh, you got to be kidding me with the with the slow turnaround. To, yep, classic yeah. smirk at that moment. It was a very classic Tom Cruise smirk. Uh, but so Kaga informs Cruz that uh, he's he's married or he's on his honeymoon, who to his uh, very beautiful wife Kelly Lynch, who's also super rich, and it's a like. I feel like they should have made it an ugly person because, like, the whole thing is like <laughs> Coglin is like, "Hey, I'm just trying to get money. I'll do it any way I can." And it's right. like, so the the super wealthy, super hot chick is super going to, slutty hot. Chick. Yeah, she's going with Coglin. Like, come she's on. wearing like thong bikinis. Yeah, you know, like it should have been like a reverse Anna Nicole Smith situation, you know, where <laughs> it's some like sixty year old blue haired woman who doesn't may not even really know what she's committed to, yeah. like. She's Dog, I farted again. <laughs> maybe she's. Oh, now it's a queen. She's a early Alzheimer's. Like her family <laughs> is. She, there's fa- her family's preparing a lawsuit back home. <laughs> yeah, but it did really spice up the the like as you pointed out. No actual boobage in this movie for a rated R flick with about bars about and, bars and yeah and yeah getting laid and everything yeah not one single nipple you get a you get a decent side boob of elizabeth shoe that's it that's it and then you get and then you get uh kelly uh kelly lynch kelly butt, lynch's yeah. ass in a couple of in shots in a thong yeah. yeah in a g-string i guess mm-hmm. um by the way you know what's funny it's it was probably within the last like definitely the last 10 years probably 
a little more than five that I learned that G strings are like functional, like that it's like so that there's no lines and skirts and shit. I thought it was like purely like thongs and G strings were just purely aesthetic. <laughs> well, it's not like you're taking thong classes, you're right? You yeah, know what I mean, I mean. That is the only reason it exists for me. You know? right. Well, I mean, it's like it's not like lingerie is designed for like comfort. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Know? Absolutely. But there is a functional purpose for, you know, thongs. And I guess maybe not g-string. It's the functional purpose is the, my functionality of my penis. So. Well, no. Yeah. That's yeah. Exactly. That's true from my perspective. But <laughs> apparently, the women don't want to have underwear lines. Hmm. Um. So Cruz. Is kind of hooked up then with Elizabeth Shue. They there's the montage. There's of, a, well, I think before that is the scene where the, the four oh, of right. them go out to the club. Uh, so <laughs> the, Co- the, the Co- classic line from Kelly, yeah, uh, Kelly Lynch. So Coglin and his wife <laughs> and Cruz and Shue all go out to a club and uh, an outdoor club. Doesn't it look like an yeah, outdoor club? Yeah, yeah it's Jamaican, you know. Um, <laughs> having the beach. Because what is it? Who? who it's uh, Kelly Lynch talking to Elizabeth Shue. When she says... Uh, or, She's like kind of saying it to the four of them. Oh, okay. So, yeah, they're all sitting around a yeah. table. It's a dance club. And Kelly Lynch says, I've never seen a club with such intense dance vibes. Neither have I. Because yeah. I've never heard that line in my life. <laughs> yeah. After that scene, the director was like, you know, you guys ad-lib Kelly. Let's keep it to the script. <laughs> <laughs> just, we'll, we'll just put you in a thon in every, uh, in every scene. And you just you know stick to the script. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, then they have the montage of uh, of them making uh, dating, pr- dating. I guess yeah, because there's the horseback riding. Yep, the, there's like the, the waterfall where they. I think they're trying to imply that they have sex there. Yeah, well, and then there's also like that's where the side boob takes place. Where the side boob? Well, no, that's that's after the montage because the montage is like the horseback riding. They're like she, he's picking them, picking her up at her place with like the jeep. Yeah, you know, yeah. and then there's like. Where they're kind of like play wrestling on the beach, yeah, or yeah. like in the water, in the water or, yeah, yeah. And there's there's a couple of other things going Run on. Run to the shelter <laughs> of your love. <laughs> this is a uh, one thing that surprised me. Pretty enjoyable soundtrack. See, okay, so your standard, I don't know what your standard is for '80s uh, soundtracks. Because mine is very high. Because I'm a, I'm actually a huge Kenny Loggins fan. Oh sure. Oh yeah. So like Kenny Loggins owned yep. '80s movie soundtracks. Yeah. And so to me, like Caddyshack soundtrack, that was stellar. That was. Um, there's right. that one, and there's also the one where, where they're all in the pool with the with the Baby Ruth scene, and where they're all jumping in. There's yeah. That What's the song? Mr. Though? Knight. It's really it's oh, a really right. good song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So I, I love I love that, and then, yep. and then how zone. how can you not Love the Top Gun soundtrack. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of so. Kenny Loggins is like the king of the soundtrack in the same way that Ludacris is the king of the guest verse. Or, oh, or, sure. Or Andre yeah. Three Thousand, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. He's got a, quite a few good ones. I'll too. go with Luda on that one, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of yeah. That's his thing. Um, boy, we got derailed on. That yeah, one. yeah. I don't know how we got into that, but <laughs> there's, so, so there's the a, montage. There's also a part. I think that this is either like adjacent to the montage or a part of it. But there's a scene where Elizabeth Shue is like sketching Tom Cruise. That's that. That's the scene right before the waterfall. Okay, so I, I think it must be montage then sketching. Yes. And I just noted. So Vanilla Sky, Penelope Cruz, and Tom Cruise sketch each other. I mentioned that in the in the Vanilla Sky. Yeah. Is that this it, is the second movie. Oh right, that Cruise right, right. Is sketched by the love interest. But what I think is funny is that 
in Vanilla Sky, Penelope Cruz is a ballet dancer. Yeah. And she does a very good caricature sketch, yeah. sketch of Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah. She does the, the caricature. I yeah, exactly. About that. And she, he does, like, the super, the, like... Sentimental. Sentimental, yeah. like, you know, this is how I see you. Yeah. But, so, so... Elizabeth Shue, we learn in this scene, is an artist. Are an artist, and so this amateur is, artist. Yeah, and it's not a very like. It, I'll give them credit for the fact that like most of the time in movies, if anybody sketches anyone, it's not just like good; it's excellent. Yeah, you know, right. it's like oh, this person could make a career out of it. Right. But Elizabeth Shue is trying to make a career out of it, and it's not that good. And, <laughs> I wonder if that's a setup of sorts. Well, be, uh, that's what I was because we do eventually learn that she's loaded, and so it's yeah. like it could be a very meta like. Look, this is her. You know, this never is going to get out. In a few months, she's going to be talking about how she loves animals or something. She'll be (laughs) on to the next thing. Right. Find a stray cat in an alley. I want to be a vet. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Coglin. So shortly, anything else on the uh, on the montage or waterfall or anything like that? No, I mean that's that's all pretty self-explanatory there. Sure. Yeah. So uh, eventually. Um, so I think it is the scene directly after the waterfall is the then the bar the bar scene with it's it's Cruz and it's Coglin and and then there's like just two, some other two dudes. other buddies yeah it's kind of like it's kind of like the middle aged sort of bro. regulars yeah yeah it's like middle aged broy like hey yeah. we're buddies because we're at the same bar we don't right. really know each other but we'll let's make a let's have a good time together right right bar. right and so Coglin is egging on Tom. Or uh, Flanagan, I should say. Yep. Uh, about how he can't land a rich chick. Yeah. Well, and it, I think it's important to note, too, that at this point, Flanagan, you know, he's interacted with Elizabeth Shue. He's met her and kind of knows her. And so he's kind of ragging on Flanagan. And he says, oh, saying that. Yeah, he says, Oh, yeah, what's the line? Put him in a room full of women, and he'll pick the poorest and the dumbest every time. So he's met <laughs> Elizabeth Shue, who's like the person we're supposed to be rooting for Cruz to go with. And he's right. basically saying... She's the poorest poor. and the dumbest. Yeah. And by the way, the only other love interest that we know in the movie is Gina Gershon, who was loaded. Yeah, loaded and uh, not stupid. I mean, she's <laughs> not presented as stupid. Right. So what? where he was basing that off of. I'm telling you, there's a ton of footage on the editing room floor in this in so many ways. Like, the military at the beginning, never, right. never touched on again. Uncle Pat, great character. Great Eddie, character. great character. Yep. They're in three total scenes, and yeah. they're set up to be, like... Key players in this movie. Oh, I bet sure. there's a ton of Uncle Pat. But and and the, the, footage the, out the there. comment I made as we were watching that scene was: this is a perfect scene for this movie because the way the way the movie was advertised, the way it was marketed, was that it was like this fun right movie about being a bartender. Yeah. And it and I think in especially this era, there was this expectation that the bartender was going to riff with the regulars. Right. And you're going to take jabs at each other and they be, may be justified or not because at least when I was bartending, there were unjustified jabs that were made either at myself or one of the other regulars. Right. And that's kind of what they were doing there were unjustified jabs yeah. just to get a yuck. Yeah, exactly. And and not... It's, we were talking about how it's like they weren't... At, things that were said were not actually funny, but people were laughing at them because it's kind of like it was intended to be funny, exactly. So, but and if you don't laugh, you're gonna kill the mood. And you're at you're in Jamaica on a beach on, at a bar. Like this is yeah. a, either a vacation or a getaway of, of some type, right? So, if you kill the mood, 
Like, why the fuck are you even there? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, uh, I'll laugh when it's funny. Like, yeah. well, you're not going to be there long. Uh, and so in Get this, to the jokes, Carlin. <laughs> in this scene, uh, uh, Coglin initiates a bet, basically saying, like, I bet, or he's, he's teasing, saying Flanagan can't land a rich woman. And, of course, they're in Jamaica, and there's a woman who, you know, they spot by her dress as, oh, she's... She's got money. She's got money. And so Flanagan is kind of, he accepts the challenge, and he turns to Coglin and the guys and goes, be cool, you're in on this. <laughs> and then does not bring them into it at all. All he does, <laughs> the woman comes up and says... Uh, She'll uh, have a vodka on, uh, on the rocks, I Yeah, think? vodka With on the rocks. With a twist of lime. Yeah, and he says... May I recommend the jus de mort? Jus de mort, and he starts making it juice of love, and uh, so he makes it, and he's kind of got the devil may care attitude. And she says, and smirking. The, oh as, yeah, as a Tom Cruise in 1987 would smirk. Exactly. And she says, "Excuse me, do I have fuck me written on my face?" And Be- they all start yucking it up on the other yeah, end. Yeah, like of the oh, bar. Flanagan crashes hard. Right. And he's he she he's what does he say? In, he says something in response, and she says like. You're just full oh, of I, confidence. Oh, he goes, I can't see a thing without my contest. Yeah, and she goes, oh, you're just full of confidence, are you? Aren't you? And he, he, what does he say then? Something about, like, uh, like leaves you with mystery or something, something along those Something lines. to give you kind of, yeah, like he's he's not striking out. Yeah, and, and then he lights a match in the, you know, he does, he like. And slides it across the bar, like, right to her. Yeah, he peels, so he peels one match back, lights it, and it's still attached in the matchbooks and tosses it back to her to kind of put a final nail on the. Cool His bartender. cocky coffin. Yeah. yeah. And so he goes over and says, like, well, they're like, oh, you struck out. And he says, wouldn't be any fun if she fell over, if they fell over with their legs in the air, would you? And he never brought them in. Like, <laughs> be cool. Be cool. You're in on this. When well, they weren't cool at all, they were laughing at him. <laughs> yeah. Neither held up their end of the bargain. <laughs> but it was that scene in particular, because when we did the uh, how Tom Cruise of a Tom Cruise movie was this uh, mm-hmm. last episode and you wanted to do the seven on the cocksureness yeah and I wanted to go a full ten it was that line in particular where he lights the the match yeah. in the matchbook and like almost backhands it like perfectly slides right up to her right where I'm like you can't get more cocksure than yeah, that yeah yeah well that's the that's the issue with this movie is you see the Super confident, unflappable Flanagan, but yeah. you also see him at the questioning everything stage, you know. <laughs> and we'll get to it, but especially when he's trying to trying to uh, smooth things over with Elizabeth Shue for the first time after yeah. after she splits. Yeah. And well, and of course the I, we had to lower it just for the uh, I'm doing the best I can. Oh yeah, that's it. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. Um, so one thing I was thinking about it, it seems almost like this movie, like the the. That the driving force behind it was like a recently pubescent girl or something. Where so Tom Cruise is in Jamaica, where all these people come in vacation, meets Elizabeth Shue. Instantly, he's spending every waking second with her. Yeah, there she even says something about kids, and he kind of says, "Whoa, kids!" Yeah, and it's like in real life, both those people would be like. Hey, I can fuck this person for a few days, and that'll yep. be it. That's what's cool about it. Yeah. But they're t- they're planning for the future, and then the rich chick he does <laughs> land her, and she's also also from New York, also just visiting, and she wants to pursue something like right. That's not how this is gonna work from right. the bartender in Jamaica. Like, they would both just be like, "All no, right, you go, be- you bang, you go home, you don't think about it ever again." Exactly. <laughs> And so, so that's why I was kind of thinking it's like it's like a you know like a fourteen year old girl's understanding of 
or boy, I guess, but it's funner to think of as a pre or recently pubescent girl. Um, he also so Coglin is at one point on a, on a boat on a yacht or not a yacht necessarily, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yacht, it was yeah. a yacht. Yeah, that's where you see the G string with Kelly Lynch, and uh, he's explaining how you know he's loaded now because Kelly Lynch has all this money, and he says he goes. He goes, what am I... This is uh, Coglin going, what am I best at? Reading between the lines. That's what the market's all about. <laughs> Just setting the stage for his eventual downfall. Right. Uh, and then he also, in this... Uh, he, so he's also offering Flanagan a job because he says, hey, I'm, I got this money. I'm going to play the market. I'm opening this new bar. He's like, I want you to be my head bartender. And Flanagan, of course... Says no, oh no, no, because he, you know, he has the friendly rivalry. I think in Flanagan's mind, he would be, he would be kind of submitting in some way to right. Coglin, because he would be, but then he'd be Coglin, or uh, yeah, Coglin would be his boss. Yeah, exactly. And he probably does not want that. So he's they they put. He says, Coglin says, I'll bet you a, a bottle of Louis, uh, a bottle of Louis Trey. You'll be working for me by St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, and then Cruz has the great line of exposition. Yep. Ooh, $500 bottle of brandy. Yeah, it's basically just like, we know you don't know what that is. Here's <laughs> right. what it is. <laughs> you fucking lame ducks there in the upper Midwest. <laughs> yeah. Never seen or heard of that in your entire lives. Oh, also, we should mention... Which is absolutely true, by the yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like most people, if you've never heard of it. <laughs> um, we should also mention, so the, the night that uh, Coglin, like Bet Flanagan, he couldn't get a rich woman... <clears throat> Uh, Elizabeth Shue comes at around comes by the bar around closing. Yeah, we did skip a major yeah thing here. So she sees Tom Cruise leaving the bar with this woman, and they're walking. They're just walking away and from laughing. the bar and laughing. I mean, and kind of flirtiness going on. You could definitely understand Elizabeth Shue's character being concerned, but then it also it cuts to a scene of Cruise going to their or, resort or whatever, and yeah. he sees the woman who had passed out before that. And that brought about their meeting, Elizabeth Shue and, and Flanagan, and he asks her, "Where's uh, Jordan? Jordan? Oh, she went home last night." So, so the point is, she Elizabeth Shue could certainly be like, "Oh, something seems a little off here," and be concerned, and not but not him? yeah, but she can't like she can't be like, "Oh, they're definitely fucking." I'm I'm booking a flight home right. early now because of that. Like she has such She's certain- a very good chance that it was just he was playing up. Some a woman, customer, a customer, customer to get a better tip. Yeah, it could be a regular. Like there's a right, million, right. It's not like they were things. It's like just show them kiss while they're walking away. You know, like <laughs> that would take care of it. Why? But they didn't do that. Grabs her by the puss. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> um. So then I think that's the pretty much it for Jamaica. That is that is it for Jamaica because then the next scene is uh, is Cruz getting woken up by her doing aerobics. The rich woman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Doing just perfectly 80s, doing aerobics to a workout video. And it's like spandex. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And she's like, oh, she says to Flanagan, go get me a carrot juice. Get one for yourself. Yeah, they're addictive. <laughs> and, and Cruz looks none too pleased. So you kind of get the sense he's maybe, you know, he's doing this because she's loaded. Maybe. Right. And he, so he says the line every fucking morning. Yeah. And yeah. like, that's where I made the remark of like, wasn't this guy in the fucking army? <laughs> You're right. Isn't he still like what's it called reverie or like the trumpet? Reveille. Yeah, reveille. Yeah, yeah, and like waking up at the ass crack of dawn every morning to a drill sergeant yelling in his face like <laughs> not every morning. Right? Yeah, <laughs> camp, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, 
Oh, I just made a note here. So, as mentioned, Jimmy Cliff had the banger, uh, uh, Shelter of Your Love, that mm. plays kind of during the montage. Run to the Shelter of Your Love. And uh, what do you remember? What was the scene? At one scene, so like during the montage of Cruz and uh, Elizabeth Shue, you know, falling in love in Jamaica, yeah. they're playing that throughout all this, yeah. these happy moments. And then, oh, that's in New the York. Du- the dumbed down, like sad version. Yeah. So Tom Cruise is goes, when he, like sees her through the window of the of the uh, cafe that she's a waitress at. Yeah. So she had, she had told him she was a waitress at Jerry's Cafe or Jerry's Diner. Jerry's Diner. Yeah. And he goes, Oh yeah, I know that place, home of the cement, cement Danish. Danish. And so <laughs> so it shows Cruise he's in this relationship with the rich woman, but clearly longing for Elizabeth's shoe. And so he's looking way tighter puss, I would imagine. What? Oh, much tighter vagina. So he's looking at her outside the window of Jerry's diner, and they they play a like slowed, somber version of "Shelter of Your Love." Great uh, producerial touch there. I wonder who makes the call on that one. Is that the is that the producer that makes the call on that, or the editor? I think there's typically a sound editor. I don't know if that means like. Fun. But who do they say? Hey, with that "Shelter of Your Love," we need the sad version. Yeah, I somebody like, somebody pump that out. I like to imagine it was just the sound guy going rogue. Like, <laughs> I don't know who the director of this movie was, but like, I'm gonna wow him. <laughs> I like that yep. too, Jimmy. That was beautiful. <laughs> yep, it was a callback, but it was different. Here's an extra twenty bucks. He just slams it down on the <laughs> twenty counter. bucks. Yep. Here's a couple sawbacks for you. <laughs> Get yourself a Danish cement one. Yep, Jerry's um, Diner. So then there's a scene where Cruz is in kind of in tow with the rich woman. They're at an art showing, and you know, it, they open the scene with uh, the rich girlfriend and a bunch of friends, kind of in a circle talking. And Cruz is just standing away from them. Yep. And she calls him over to hold her mink jacket. <laughs> right. <laughs> And uh, he, there's a scene where he's like finishing a drink and grabs another one off the tray. Only way to grin him or uh, bear through this. Uh, yeah, clearly he's not having a great time. No. And, and I've been to events like that before. They're the most pretentious. Like, there's not a single soul in there that's worth fucking even striking up a conversation <laughs> with. And that's clear. That's definitely how it's presented here as well. Yeah. Um, so at a certain point, his girlfriend is talking to somebody and. The, I think maybe they ask him, like, what do you think? And he goes, oh, he's like, it's very modern, very urban. Yeah. He goes, and then the, his girlfriend says, oh, well, this is the artist. And he goes, well, Cruz says, well, let me ask you, how did you get the cockroaches to pose like that? And uh, a, a mini scuffle breaks out. Cruz kicks him into his own sculpture. Knocks it over, breaks it. Oh, and, and during you kind of one of these scenes where Cruz is clearly feeling like an outsider and stuff. I think it might have I don't remember if it was a sculptor or just another friend but said, "Oh, this one's not party broken yet." It was that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was yeah. the sculptor and it's like party that guy broken. was an asshole. He should have Cruz yeah. should have punched him. Yeah, exactly. Not party broken. <laughs> um so then sculpture's broken. What's that? Sculpture's <laughs> broken. <laughs> yeah. So then after it cuts to a scene outside the gallery Cruz breaks up with the rich woman, then immediately goes to Jerry's diner to try to kick things up back up with Elizabeth Shue. She ain't having it. No. He says, he asks, hey, miss, can you tell me the specials? Gives a, another smirk there, but Shue's not having it. She she goes over, grabs the meatball marinara, dumps it on his pl- on his lap, and the chicken a la king over his head. And during the scene, it's kind of presenting like, oh, this is a super busy diner. And there's a, there's a couple there where one guy says, Miss, can you hurry? We have diner... Or, we, or, sorry, we have theater tickets. Yeah. 
Do you go into the diner before the theater? Like yeah. You're, yeah, going yeah, to yeah. The, you're going to like the just the standard like club sandwich diner <laughs> yeah. before you we're go We're headed to, to the theater. Yeah, we're going to the theater. <laughs> There's a great uh, line from Norm MacDonald when he's on uh, David Letterman once where he's like, uh, he's at intermission of a show that his mom dragged him to. Uh-huh. And he's, so he's like, he's asking if, if they have the, the Knicks game on. Sure. And the guy goes, Sir, this is the theater. And he's like, and it wasn't the theater. It was a theater. It wasn't the theater. <laughs> it's not Broadway. Um, so he does, like, eventually, she, you know, she's, this is another great thing. So she's not having it. She's super pissed. She dumps food on him. He just waits until she gets done with her shift and poses as a vagrant and says, Miss, can you spare some change for my dry cleaning? Yep. And then it's everything's not smoothed over, but she's certainly much more receptive. Goes back to uh, her place, tells Cruz that she's pregnant, and uh, that's when she reveals that she has a shitload. She's her family has a ton of money, and she didn't want to tell Cruz that because he still doesn't know that at this point because he comes back eventually oh, to right. pound on her door, and then that's where the neighbor's like, "Oh, she's at her parents' place on Park Avenue." That's right. That's and right. then he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then he realizes she's lowering. Yeah, I think in the in the scene in Shu's apartment, she says that. She just says, oh, you're so hung up about money or something yeah, like that. Yeah, this right. is the one way to get you out of my life is to tell you about the about it, the baby. Yeah, right, yeah. right. So um, I think, is that when he goes to see Uncle Pat again? Maybe Before I, he goes back to her place is when he goes back to Uncle Pat. Yeah. And there's a great couple of lines from Uncle Pat in there, which I'm coming up short on. He's, well, at one point, so Cruz tells Uncle Pat, hey, this woman that I was with is pregnant. And Uncle Pat says something like, Hey, that's perfect. She doesn't want anything to do with you. You don't love this girl. Yeah. And, and Cruz says, well, I do. what if I do love her? Well, then you got a problem. Then you get a problem. <laughs> and Eddie's got a few great... Uh, what? Yeah, we, yeah, that's right. It just cuts to Eddie going, what? Because he can't hear. Uh, so then he uh, then it shows him go to the park. That's where he finds out, oh, she her family lives on Park Avenue. She's loaded. Yep. So it shows, Not just Park Avenue, but the penthouse. The penthouse of this building. Yeah. And so he's talking to the doorman, who is, as you pointed out, the doorman is on the phone talking to somebody and Cruz, extreme frustration yeah and Cruz is just peppering him with questions yeah, like, and, come on I, I need to get up there yeah, and he's like I'm hold a, on yeah he's on the fucking phone you think this is gonna really endear yourself to him <laughs> oh oh can I help you sir yeah yeah I've gotta let you go on the phone because there's a fucking maniac here talking <laughs> right. to me there's this short bartender barking at me right now <laughs> so then he uh, Cruz is eventually let or no he sneaks in Right? Or no, 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 no. The first no, time. No, they let him up the first time. Yeah. And uh, he's meeting. And he meets the butler. Yeah, he meets the butlers. The, Hello. Yeah, the fucking. Uh, uh, his name. Lacking personality. Yeah. His, Gunter. His name's probably Jeeves. Like, <laughs> uh, who is it? So, oh, I think it's Seinfeld has a bit where he's like, if you name your child Jeeves, you're kind of setting him up for. <laughs> being a butler. For being a butler. Um, Jeeves. So. Uh, Jordan is you not there. You can ask him something. What's up? You can ask him something. That's true. You could. Uh, and then Google will do a better job at it. <laughs> yep. It'll be obsolete. <laughs> um, so uh, Jordan's dad is there. And clearly they've had many conversations. Jordan and her father have had many conversations because he says, oh. Heard a lot about you. Heard a lot last, about you. Last yeah. few days. And he does, so he eventually, is it, is it in this scene? Yeah, this is the scene where he offers the check, right? Yeah. So... He, he comes back with a check for $10,000 made out to Flanagan. 
and he and Flanagan says, "Oh, is this what she's worth to you?" And it's like, "No, this is what it's worth for you to not be in my life. <laughs> my right. daughter will still be in the life right, in, right, in right. my life with your ten thousand. This is how how much you annoy me. You <laughs> annoy right. me ten thousand dollars worth." And, <laughs> right. In my mind, I don't know if it's maybe just cocktail, but this seems like an '80s trope, like the the father. Oh, like how much will it take? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And 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 then the the ultimate comeback of oh, this is all your daughter's worth. Yeah, yeah. It, it does feel like it does come up, but I can't pinpoint anything. Yeah, you know, the other thing it reminds me of is uh, Charlie Sheen has a kind of infamous quote, which is very profound in a certain way. He so. He was known, even I mean, Tiger Blood. Yeah, Tiger Blood. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Winning. No, so this is like, this was in I believe like the late eighties, mid to mid nineties, somewhere in that range. Even then, like Charlie Sheen was, it was known that in Hollywood that he like paid high end call girls and stuff. Yeah. And so somebody said to him, like a reporter or something, asked him like, what, like why? They're like, you're Charlie Sheen. You're famous. You're an attractive guy. Like, why do you? Why are you paying women to have sex with you? You could find any woman to have sex with you. And he yeah. says. I mean, Charlie Sheen said, I'm not paying them to have sex with me. I'm paying them to leave when it's over. (laughs) (laughs) And it was kind of like, oh, yeah, okay. It's not bad, Charles. Yep, well done, Sheen. That was your high water mark. (laughs) Then it was all downhill after that. (laughs) So uh, Jordan is not convinced by this effort. Uh, Cruz is kind of floundering. So he decides to go visit his old pal Coglin Mm -hmm. at his, his new club, Hysteria. And, you know, it's difficult to get in. It's a happening club. A Def Leppard song, by the way, of which I'm pretty sure yeah. it come out around the same time. Yeah, that's true. I think it was a little bit earlier, but okay. yeah. His, yeah, Hysteria. Uh, and so Cruz walks in, and, or he sneaks in. Yeah. It's like a huge line, and people are trying to get in, and he just like jumps. This is where his shortness really came into play. Yeah, <laughs> he just jumps between two bouncers, and then is not like, I mean, he runs in and is like, where's, where's, uh... Doug, Douglas Coughlin. Yeah. So he finds him. Coughlin appears to be on top of And then of the Coughlin world. says, oh, my only friend. Like, loud enough for the bouncer to hear that and go, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My only friend. But it, So it appears that Coughlin's on top of the world. He's got this super awesome club. He's got the rich, hot wife. Um, but uh, they kind of steal away. And Cruz has bought, brought a bottle of the tray whatever the the five hundred dollar yeah. b- bottle of brandy because yep. he's come to say hey i need a job yep and coglin basically tells him you know all he's like i fucked up all the money's gone i didn't know what i was doing with sales tax and uh everybody put their hand out and i paid him and yep. i i lost a ton of money in the stock market uh and so he bye cover bye cover he says uh He's uh, when he when after Cruz pours my Brian Brown from the last episode is way better than this one. <laughs> still pretty good though. <laughs> well, and we got dearest Brian still on the horizon. Right. Uh, so Coglin says as he's about to drink the five hundred dollar brandy, the money's gone, the brain is shot, the liquor is all we've got. <laughs> and he he did he prep that by saying like this is an old saying or something of that nature. Yeah, it wasn't a Coglin's law. No, it wasn't. It was some kind of yeah, like or was did he say traditional Irish toast or something like that? Something, but it was just like nah, I'm pretty sure that's no one's ever said that before. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Coglin appears to not be in the best situation. Uh, Kelly Lynch shows up and says, "I want to go home." So and he passes out. Like, yeah, almost immediately after her asking. Yep. So Coglin or Flanagan takes uh, Kelly Lynch home. She makes a move on him. 
he says, hey, I'm not going to make it with my best friend's gal or old something. Old lady. He, old yeah. lady. It's like, yeah, it's like from the 1950s. He's like, <laughs> right. he's got the white t-shirt and a pack of cigarettes rolled up in his <laughs> sleeves. Hey, ain't you here? I ain't going to make it with my best my best pal's gal. <laughs> uh, and he says. He's got a burger and a shake. <laughs> Go to the petting arcade. Um, <laughs> okay. So, the Nickelodeon. Uh so Coglin goes back to check, or Flanagan goes back to check on Coglin, and he goes down into the boat where they were hanging out. So it shows Coglin sl- uh, hump, like slunched, slumped over the table, and a pool of blood everywhere. Right, and eyes wide open. Yeah, eyes wide open. Flanagan still seems pretty calm. He touches the blood with his fingers, puts it up to his face, and then freaks out. Like yeah. it's clear that he's committed suicide. Right, right, right. But he's that Drambuie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is that thick red syrup by chance that's <laughs> profusely coming out of his neck? Right. Uh, He's not sleeping with his eyes open. <laughs> yeah. So then it cuts to a funeral scene. Uh, Flanagan goes home to a shit apartment. Gets a letter. Gets a letter. And how does it start here? My dearest Brian. <laughs> it's a note from Coglin where he gives us Coglin's final law. Bury the dead. They stink up the joint. And then he says, as, as for, for the rest, rest of Coglin's laws... laws they, what, I don't know. They're, Dismiss them, basically. Forget about them. Yeah, there. forget about them. They were worthless. Yeah. Um, then Cruz goes back to Jordan's penthouse. Uh, woos her back. And at one, so there's a big argument with the dad. Uh, then Jordan shows up. The butler starts kind of wrestling with her. And Cruz yells out, don't do that. She's pregnant. Well, and, and then and then it was the uh, the door doorman. Oh, it's the doorman, not, yeah. the, not the butler. Yeah, okay. Who's so the, kind of like pushing her around? Yeah, and he's like, "Hey, she's pregnant," and then immediately kicks the doorman like into her. So yeah, like, yeah, right. I'm her husband. Only I can rough her up <laughs> when she's pregnant. Again, he's got the pack of cigarettes lo- rolled up. Yeah. <laughs> so then they get in the elevator, and the dad yells out. You're cut, or you're cut off. I want nothing to do with you, or something. Something of that nature. Um, it's like that's exactly how I want it. That's yeah, the, and it's funny as too, the door's closing. It's funny too because this is the the story obviously centers around Flanagan, and so as the viewer, you know, you're expected to be rooting for him. But like at the first go round when he's in the penthouse and the dad's like, "No, you're an asshole." It's like, yeah, he is an asshole. That's a being a good father, you know. Like, yeah, the, yeah. You've known this guy for like. Less than a week, presumably. And right. in that time, he betrayed your confidence. Yeah. You probably shouldn't hang out with that guy. Right, right. And then now, so now they have to make the father over the top horrible. And he's just right. like, oh, you're going to choose a man I don't approve of? I want nothing to do with you. Right. When it's like, okay, come on. It's a little kind of a caricature <laughs> just to get the the viewer on the side of Flanagan. Yep. Um, and then it, it cuts to uh, uh, <laughs> a, a, a bar window and it says both at the top. It says Flanagan's, and then in the center it says Cocktails and Dreams. Mm-hmm. Already, so Eric and I were talking about how restaurants and bars. You know, most small small businesses fail, yep. and restaurants and bars are particularly. It's very difficult. Like, there's always going to be a big amount of luck. Not starting off on a great foot. Is it called Flanagan's or is it Cocktails and Dreams? Because it's well, not, and it's not, it's like different fonts and stuff. It's oh, not, yeah. It's not Flanagan's Cocktails and Dreams. Right. It's Flanagan's up top, five feet below, Cocktails and Dreams. Right, right, right. Very conflicting. Yeah. And so they asked for another poem. Should it, I took another class in marketing? Oh, yeah. One other point, too. So 
this is jumping back, but when Cruz is still with the rich woman, yeah, uh, they're talking about like some marketing director because she's she's rich and she's a boss of her company, right? And she's talking about the marketing director's back, and again, the prepubescent fourteen-year-old girl writing this story, Flanagan says, <laughs> "Have you talked to him about my marketing ideas? Like, like not, <laughs> not no specifics, just my marketing ideas. Have yep. you talked to him about my marketing ideas?" Uh, <laughs> And so at, at, at we then cut inside Flanagan's Cocktails and Dreams, and it's a, it's a wedding party of sorts. Maybe yeah, like an after party. Yeah, after party. Elizabeth Shue's in the bridal gown, and the crowd is calling for a poem. Like, oh, no, because no, there's the wedding party, and then it cuts. No, because the wedding party's at Pat's, and then, and then it cuts to oh, Flanagan's. Right. So that, and then, because then at that point, it shows that she's pregnant. Right. You know. And so, so yeah, now we're inside. That's right. We're inside yeah. Flanagan's Cocktails and Dreams. Uh, Elizabeth, she was pregnant. And the bar is calling for a poem. It's not like... It's these, not like they were there yeah, at, at Cell the, Block. At yeah. Cell Block. Yeah, like these people are just like, should we give it a shot? Maybe he has a poem on deck. <laughs> right, and then he gives like the most elaborate off-the-cuff poem ever. Yeah, about how he's, you know, if they have a boy... He can inherit cocktails and dreams. Spoiler alert: No, he won't. Like, <laughs> nobody's gonna know what to call the place. Right. They'll be bankrupt in you know ten months. Yeah, a quarter maybe. <laughs> um, if it's a girl, he'll never let her date a guy like him, and he'll never get spooked again. But then Elizabeth Shue reveals they have twins. Oh, and he is he is spooked again, but a good happy spook. So it leaves on this like weird happy note, but like. If you're a, if you're watching this as a full fledged adult, like as a late thirties, early forties person, you're going like smells like this trouble. This ain't gonna go well. <laughs> so yeah, okay, let's recap. They they knew each other. <laughs> but if you're watching it as a early twenties, you're yeah. gonna be like, and they made it. Yeah, yeah, those crazy kids figured it out a way to make it through <laughs> yep. this labyrinthian maze of life, and they found <laughs> happiness. And it, but. So they're also the dragon is still waiting for them in the end. What's <laughs> yeah. thought you made it, didn't you? Yeah, <laughs> just burned a lot. Yeah. Oh my god! But so uh, they're so they're uh, Cruz and Shu are kind of talking. This is before the poem and everything. But uh, she's or no, yeah, it's after she says they're gonna have twins. She says, "Oh, I'm gonna get fat," and Cruz says, "Oh, you're not." Uh, all right, just try not to get too fat. Which, well, that's when they're at the the wedding reception. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah when they're yeah. dancing and stuff. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, and uh, she says, "Oh, yeah, well, I'll be asking for a divorce in two weeks or yep, something." Yep. Like, yeah, that's probably about right. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, their their entire relationship has been four days of happiness, then betrayal. Yep. Then uh, a fist fight in their father's uh, house. <laughs> yep. Uh, her losing access to her fortune, yes, <laughs> along with him, and they're going on a very risky business venture. Uh, <laughs> they 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 somehow managed to save enough money to put a bar together between his Jamaica bartending and yeah. uh, and uh, his uncle Pat's yes. savings, his bridge loan, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> because don't in the in the first half of the movie don't doesn't Cruz say when he's proposing the Jamaica. Um, rendezvous. Yeah. Jamaica, man. <laughs> doesn't he say four years? Yeah, yep. And then, because it doesn't come and go, so you want to do four seasons. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, so it turns out he only did three. Right. So he has to get money from Uncle Pat, which I guess they tied that loose end. Yeah, yeah. Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, I have a feeling uh, they, we should make a sequel, Cocktails and Nightmares, about <laughs> the bitter, acrimonious divorce. How oh yeah, they're both Cruz and Chu have a they're kind of becoming misanthropic because they they've, they hate each other so much. Well, and then they, for for Cruz to um, to prepare for the role, he just puts on like. 75 pounds. Yeah, he's like Gr- Les Grossman in Tropic Thunder. Yeah, right. <laughs> Except way more disgusting. <laughs> yeah. His character actually is named Brian Flanagan in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Elizabeth Shue lost a thumbnail in like a like a, a wart. Yeah. You know? So yeah. it just looks nasty. Yep. She's got gout. <laughs> <laughs> she lost an ear. <laughs> Yep, just a vagrant like sliced her ear off, and Cruz Cruz like could have prevented it somehow, but he didn't. One of the twins died during childbirth. <laughs> yep, it's just Ralph, and he's like autistic. There's no way he's running <laughs> yeah. anything. Yep, they're just just stressed family. Like, <laughs> a good percentage of the audience commits suicide after <laughs> shortly after seeing it. It's too real. Yeah. It's too real. <laughs> yep. I have those problems. I go to the movies to escape this shit. <laughs> it's just a box office bomb. Yeah, but it's like super well acted, so you really do feel like they you feel miserable watching it. Right, it's like right. we've all been there, we know. So yeah, so people... one on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> yeah. Um all right, so that's that's cocktail part two. What uh what else we got? We're gonna do uh, a take on another Tom? Yeah, so because of your aforementioned uh, other actors that may have played the role of Brian Flanagan, one being Robin Williams, I thought it'd be a good idea, even though Robin Williams is named Robin, it's not Tom, but what if Robin Williams were to be Brian Flanagan? Well, I have a feeling it might sound a little like this. Like this. My dearest Brian, a guy like me looks in the mirror grins or he starts to fade away and I haven't seen anything to grin about in a long time it's not your fault this may not be the most graceful exit it's not your fault Coglin's law bury the dead they stink up the joint as for the rest of Coglin's laws ignore them the guy was always full of shit did you humiliate me like that in Jamaica? It's not your fault. Brian, I was there. I saw you go off with that woman. It's not your fault. And I was worth so little to you that you could just take some stupid juvenile bet? No, it's not your fault. Brian, how do you think I felt seeing you go off with some woman after the time that we spent together? It's not your fault. Now, you happen to be there, too. I, I thought that we had something going. I didn't play any games with you. It's not your fault. So what if you got spooked again? I'll bet I can spook you. I'm pregnant. It's not your fault. That's it. One little sperm gets in there, makes contact, boom! It's like a chromosome square dance. 24 chromosomes coming down. <laughs> I love it. It's good. What, yeah, that, 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 I think that works. Robin, you know, it's almost better with, with uh, Robin Williams. Also... Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> It's not even a good well, Robin. I almost did a monkey there. <laughs> well, that's kind of what it sounds like. But also, to bring it all back home, Robin Williams died of suicide. Ah. Like Coglin and the viewers that for our hypothetical sequel, Cocktails and Nightmares. 
Well, it all comes back to suicide, Jeremy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> speaking of suicide, uh, you know, have we? I don't know. I've I've talked to somebody about this. I think I've talked to Botnan about this. I don't think I've mentioned it on the show, but you know how they say, or maybe I have. Have, I, have we talked about permanent solution to a temporary problem? I can't remember if it was on the show or over the phone. Okay. Well, if not, this could be this could be a, a bonus round for the okay. same topic. But it, that sounds like like that sounds a little bit too appealing. Like a yeah. permanent solution sounds good to a te- you know like to a temporary problem. It's permanently solved. It's like you think it's a temporary problem. I certainly don't. Yeah. Well, and also like. Is, it sounds that sounds a lot permanent solution to a temporary problem sounds a lot better than a temporary solution to a temporary problem. Right, you know, temporary solution. It's like dime a dozen. You know, right, right, permanent. Right. Like I don't have to worry about this ever again. Ever again. Eternal you, sleep. Yeah, <laughs> I was right. feeling pretty good. I wasn't even considering <laughs> suicide, but now that you're a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Sign me up. That, I can write that problem off. <laughs> right. And by you're prob- telling me I will never have to worry about that ever again. And by the way, the problem is all encompassing. It's life. <laughs> right. You tell me I ne- I'll never have a problem again. Permanently. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Yeah. I was thinking about yeah. it, but well, if if I have a change of heart, what should we come back to and do next week? We got. Oh, for for the, for, uh, uh, for for Tom Cruise movie. We so got Top Gun. So we got Top Gun. Um, we got, I'm going to throw Born on the 4th of July, although I don't think we'll do that next. Yeah. I'll throw in a few good men. Oh, Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible, Jerry Maguire, Eyes Wide Shut. Ooh, maybe we should do Eyes Wide Shut. I kind of think we should do Eyes Wide Shut. Let's do it. That's a good one. Next week, or two weeks, whatever. Probably not next week, because I'm moving. And I have Jack, so. Next two weeks from now, 14 days. Brace yourselves. Don't jack off at all during this whole period. (laughs) Don't have sex with your wives. Don't, uh, I don't know. I guess guy stuff is fine. Uh, (laughs) But here, do me a favor. Save your loads. That's what I'm getting at here. I'm going to give you a three. Oh, this is something else I just thought of. So when I go into work, uh, you know, it's got like a little access card and turnstiles, like fully enclosed... uh, turnstile doors and so you you got to put your badge up there's a, re- a light that's red you put your badge up it goes green mm-hmm. and immediately like to the point you it is not physically possible to be inside the turnstile uh by, by the time the voice says please step inside the turnstile like give me a three mississippi you know it's like, <laughs> right? it's like green please step inside it's like fuck you i yeah like you'd have to be standing in the turnstile and hit to and put the badge up to it to actually have it moving already. How many times a day do you think people get t- thrown off by that? Count. It's a. It. There's never. The, the the thing is, there's. It's not like everybody's got to be here at this time, so there's no like mad rush to be there. Right. And it's never really been a problem of like su- being super busy, but it is not an efficient system. Yeah. Um, anyway, what I was gonna say is, I'm gonna give you a three Mississippi. Take out your calculator. One Mississippi. Punch in 24 times 14. That number is the number of hours until eyes wide shut on Pods of Thunder. Pods of Thunder. <laughs>